Amen. Well, it's good to be in God's house today. I love to worship. Well, I thought worship just went right down the right road. I hope you received from that. And it was uh, interesting just how the Holy Spirit, and, and as Patricia said, it's, it's not just for some, but it's for, for the whole of the body of Christ to capture his heart and his attention and to know his will and to know his mind. And uh, just as I, I leaned over to Patricia when in, she was, we were singing that miracle working God, I said, you know, it seems like we just need to stop and pray. We need to stop and pray and just have us stir our hearts up for the impossible. Sometimes we uh, kind of like a, a shoulder out of joint or something. We learn how to live with it instead of getting it taken care of. And, 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 and just as soon as I leaned over and said that to her, that's when Jonathan stopped and began to say, hey, I think we just need to stop and to believe for a miracle. Uh, the Holy Spirit is here this morning to speak to us and to open up the eyes of our understanding as we've been walking through the book of Ephesians. You probably have notes and we want to welcome those that are online and listening. We are so glad that you're joining us this morning and then trust that you are sensing the presence of God right in your own living rooms um, because God is uh, he's not uh, contained in a, in a room. Holy Spirit's with us. We've been going through the book of Ephesians and uh, I gotta say I've been very stirred up about what Paul's trying to teach us there <clears throat> uh, through this entire book. <clears throat> we started out with <clears throat> excuse me, Ephesians 1 where he says don't lean <clears throat> to your own understanding but trust in him. He'll open up the eyes of your understanding and give you an, uh, an ability to understand and hear and know God's voice even through his word. So that as you read it, it begins to come alive to you and you walk away from the hearing of his word preached and the reading of his word yourself and different avenues that you hear from God. You walk away uh, hopefully just a little bit more excited uh, because God's word speaks life to us. And as we talked about last week in Romans, uh, excuse me, Psalm, uh, Psalms 119, where it's filled with how much the Word does for us and how much He wants to do for us. And, um, and so even this morning, I, I think not only does He want to maybe create a miracle in your life, and I felt like maybe there's, uh, uh, there's things that He wants to do in your heart and in your mind uh, that if you'll really just lean into it even today, and maybe you already have in prayer, but you leaned into it and you said, you know, I've been living with this long enough. Uh, and, and it's time for me to really release it because what I have found in life is that sometimes it's easy for me to hold on to things. Anybody experience that? You just hang on to them, you know, and God's trying to get your hands off of it so he can deal with it. And we just hang on to it for whatever reason, for security purposes or whatever it might be. And we hang on to it and, um, and it's, he's unable to, to do his miracle working power through you because you're not believing him for it. Remember when he went to his own hometown, he says, I couldn't do many miracles because they just didn't believe. And we, we, again, we talked about that a little bit uh, through this book of Ephesians. And, and so I want to uh, look at these few verses here this morning, uh, and, and maybe we'll get through them, maybe we won't. 
But I want you to have an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you this morning. I'm going to just share some of the things that He was sharing with, that the Holy Spirit was sharing with me about these particular verses, and uh, and pray that they open up again some spiritual awakeness in us. It's just so easy to not understand spiritual things, and and Paul told us this. He said, "Hey, your natural mind today, you're not going to receive the spiritual understanding." But if I just lean in, in my spirit, if I just lean in, then all of a sudden he's going to begin to open something up that really makes sense to you in whatever situation you're in or facing or just in life in general. From the very beginning, what we do know, and uh, kind of a first mentioned principle of interpretation of scriptures, that in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3 and at verse 8, we find that Adam and Eve, once they were created in God's exact image and in his likeness, so we are made just like God, which means we can relate to him just like we would relate to somebody else or to anybody else, any other human. Not like we relate to a dog, but like we relate to each other, we can relate to God. And and it says in Genesis uh, chapter 3, it says, and they were walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And, And uh, as I began to think about this, I thought, well, you know, God created us just like him so that he could have relationship with us and companionship with us so that we could dialogue with him, we could walk intimately with him, we could share our hearts with him, and he could share his heart in return with us. And again, I, I, I don't want to lower this too low, but, you know, you, you can't really share your heart with your dog or cat, can you? I'm sure some people have tried, okay, in, in the avoidance of human human beings. But you can't really do that, right? You can you can get down there and you can rub their heads and you can you know talk really like a kid to them and et cetera, et cetera. And how many talk to their animals? Come on, okay, yeah, we go. All right, see, so it happens. But I, I hopefully you're just not expecting a response, a heartfelt response that's going to help you out. Uh, especially if you have a cat, okay? That's just not going to happen. You know, a dog might wag his tail well enough, but this is not going to happen with a cat, okay? So that's why dog is man's best friend. But there's a difference of relationship when you're trying to communicate with a person and you're trying to open up your heart. This is what he wants with us. He wants to have this intimacy, this mutual thing. He wants to be, have joint decision-making, He wants to share joy and delight with you, and he wants you to share joy and delight back with him. This is part of life. It's part of everything. He also wants us to share the dominion. We even talked about it at the the cross, going to the cross, and what he did through the communion thing was to give us the dominion back that he originally gave mankind in the garden. We were always made and meant to be the head, not the tail. And, and, and he's given us this, and, and so somehow we see right off of the, right out of the chute, we see him walking with God. When we see Jesus on the earth, the first thing he did was gathered some people around him, 12 in specific, to do what? To walk with him on the earth. And as I thought about this, I thought, wow, there was such a break in this communication and such a break in this relationship when sin entered 
that it just shook everything up. It separated everything. But then we see in Genesis chapter 5, we see the story of a man that has very little said about him, but what was said about him is so important that if we can just capture it, we can see where we're at today and where God's plan is today. Yes, we had to wait for Jesus Christ to come and pay the price for our sins so we could step back into a true, honest, open relationship with God. Yes, that had to happen. But I want you to note this in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. Listen to these few verses. It says, And Enoch lived 65 years, and he begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. And so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now listen to this. And he walked with God, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. And most commentators, they settle back to say, wow, for all those years, he just learned how to walk with God. And it was such a close relationship that potentially God was not dangling a carrot for us, but he was showing us that the ability to walk with God in that intimate of a way that he could even take you to be with him instantly is absolutely amazing. But it reveals to us again, okay, yes, there was a brokenness because of sin, but the Old Testament prophesies about that going to be taken care of in the future so men could walk in it now. And this is what Enoch did. He walked in this fellowship and in this relationship with God. And I, I, I believe that as we begin to understand this and we begin to believe for this and we begin to, in our own lives, begin to say, well, if Enoch could walk with God, and I'm not talking about just trying to make an escape plan for you, but I'm just saying if Enoch could walk with God to that degree, we can too, and even all the more now that the blood has been shed and sin has been completely taken away so that I could stand before God just not because of what I have done or not done, but only because of what Jesus Christ did and what he did for me so that I could what? Step back into the relationship. Even as a broken person, I can still step back into that kind of a relationship because I'm not dependent on what I did or what I can do. But it's all completely about what he did. That's what I love about communion. It just He says, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what? Remember, yeah, you, you're going to blow it. You've made mistakes, but I did this for you so that you could walk in such a relationship with me, even as Enoch did, that, that, that could transform your life right here on earth. Because that is his desire. His desire, God loves to win, if you didn't know that. He, 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 he does not like losing any more than you and I like losing. How many really don't like to play a game you can't win in? I mean, come on, I don't. I'll just do it a few times and that's it, you know. I'm going to bow out. You can have it. But we love to win and so does God. And he had the victory over life and he's given that victory to us. And I think as things, as things get crazier on the earth, and they are, or maybe it's the birthing pains have begun that Paul talks about in Thessalonians, that in the last days something would begin to happen that would be similar to birthing pains. And we know that birthing pains just start off at a certain point and then they just begin to increase and increase and they get closer together and all of a sudden then we see the miracle working God again. 
And I believe that we could very possibly be in that type of a season. And so what I want to encourage us with today, what I'd like to point us to today, is the importance of us walking with God, walking with Him. How do I walk with Him? How do I get away from being religious? In other words, I came to church, and I'm feeling good because I came to church, uh, uh, you know, and, and now I'm going to go home, and when I walk out the door, I'm going to forget everything the Holy Spirit tried to teach me or did teach me or speak to me or whatever, and I'm just going to go about the week, and then, uh, you know, Saturday's going to begin to roll around, and I'm going to again think about, well, maybe I should go to church again. And this is what we want to get away with, because if you learn to walk with God, I guarantee a number of things are going to happen to you. Number one, you're going to be filled with a whole lot more joy. There's nothing more exciting than walking with God, because God loves miracles. He loves to do miracles in us and through us, and so you're going to experience a lot. That's why in John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come... Speaking of after Jesus was rose from the dead, and he said, Joel prophesied it, he said it, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and and he goes, and the spirit of truth has come, he will do what? He'll guide you into all truth, for he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will do what? And he will tell you the things to come. How many know that's like turning a light switch on in a room? You know, we'll come through the sanctuary sometimes if I come from my office on a Sunday and I come through here and it's like really dark, you know, and I'm kind of just stumbling through and hoping I don't trip over a chair or something because whoever bought black chairs in a dark room wasn't thinking, okay? And you fall over the chair and, you know, boom, it's really bad news or somebody moved a chair, okay? And it's just in the middle of where I know it shouldn't be and you fall over it, but you're getting over to do what? Turn on the light and then all of a sudden you can just scurry through the room without that concern. And this is what he's saying. I want to turn on the light. I want to show you things to come. I don't want you to walk in all this surprise and not knowing. And when we learn to walk with God, he begins to reveal those things. Even a week ago when I called uh, uh, Dakota and Amelia, uh, I ended up catching Amelia and she said, you know, that's so, that's so funny. We always have these terms for it. It's so funny. I was just this morning thinking about doing communion. And I thought, that's awesome. You know, and it's, just, it's just walking with the Lord. He just reveals things to you. He wants to show us things to come. And I believe, like no other day, we've got to have this clarity. We've got to know what he's doing. There's so much confusion. There's so much confusion. It's everywhere. How many would agree with that? It's just, it's just a blanket of confusion, it seems, a blanket of darkness, and, and everybody's, you know, as was said earlier, everybody's mad at people and arguing about this and not knowing about that, and it's like, wow, this is crazy. So I, I guess one of the questions, hopefully, to be answered today, or just at least to be asked, is how are you doing at walking with God? How much of a struggle is it for you? How hard is it for you to do it? Or or would you say, you know, I really haven't figured this thing out. I see people that kind of know God, but I haven't got my hand around it. I can't kind of, I'm not excited about it. I'm not excited about God. I'm not excited about life. I'm not excited about it. I see all the negative out there, and that's what's over. My backpack is full of all the negatives. And, and, And it's only... 
by him revealing us and speaking us and showing us things to come, I have found that relieves that backpack and allows me now to do what? To do what, again, the Apostle Paul says, go run the race. You don't run a race with your backpack full of problems, right? So you, you practice with that, maybe, but you take it off when you run the race, and that's where we're at. We're running the race. So uh, a couple of questions is, um, are you filled with confusion and wonderment in your life right now? You know, where are you honestly really at when you're in your own thoughts? Okay, of course, it's easy to say no up here in church, you know. But when you're in your own thoughts, is there a wrestling that's going on in your mind and in your heart that's, you know, why and what's going on and I don't get it and I don't understand it. I don't know why this happens and that happens. I just don't know what's going on. Is that, is that where you might be at? I, I unfortunately have a, a second nephew that... Uh, Committed suicide a couple days ago. Promising young man. Just graduated from high school. Just graduated from high school in May. And for whatever reason, the confusion, the pain, the, the, the struggle that he was going through was big enough for him to commit suicide. You look at this young man, you think, well, he just looked like a happy kid. But somehow he hadn't, didn't have an outlet. Uh, and, 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 and somehow he didn't have connection and relationship. Not only with one another, but, but, but with, with, with the Lord. And it's important for me to be able to ask myself, am I filled with confusion? What about this? Or am I filled with hope and anticipation? Sometimes we just get stuck in a neutral zone. How many know you have different gears in your car, and one of them has an N on it, and it's called neutral? And you can, if you put it there, you can rev your engine up all you want and go nowhere? Right? So, so we can be there as a believer. I'm a believer and I trust God, but man, I'm just in neutral because I, I can't, I, I, just, I just don't know what's happening. I don't have any hope. I don't have any anticipation. Or maybe do you see yourself in this day as being here right now on terra firma this year, being here because it's the purpose of God for you to be here. And he has purpose in you living right now. And you really realize that, and you know that, and it's something that even when discouragement hits, hard times hit, challenges you face that you don't understand and you don't get, even when they hit, you always fall back. You come back to the point, God has a purpose for my life now. That's why I'm here. That's why I live here. See, this is what I have to really understand. And as I'm connecting with God, guess what? As a good, good father, he's speaking those things to you. And you're hearing them because you're walking with him. And if I'm not hearing those, then I have to honestly just step back and say, maybe I'm missing this connection. I just catch it once in a while. Maybe on Sundays I feel encouraged and built up. Man, through the week, it's just, it's just not there. It's just not happening. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Do you see and do you realize that you really matter to God? You know, you're not just a, a number to him. You have this unique fingerprint that he put on you that nobody else has so he could connect with you and know that that's who you are. He's given you this unique connection of a fingerprint that says you're special. You're the one. And I want to connect with you. He didn't make a mistake. 
But he puts you together so that he could connect with you and do what? And walk with you. And, 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 and so it's important for us, I think, as we even look at a couple of scriptures this morning, that we begin to ask ourselves some of these questions and make a realization, yes, I really do matter to God. And what's stirring in your heart maybe in terms of, I thought, I didn't know quite how to word this, but is the Holy Spirit stirring any thoughts or burdens in your heart and in your life? Because oftentimes I find that's how we discover part of what God's called us to do. It's like we have this burden for a certain area. And, and, and so all of a sudden, because of this burden being awakened, I begin to realize this is what God's called me to do. And then as I do it, no matter what happens when I'm doing it, no matter what happens in life, it doesn't matter because I know I matter. I know that's what God created me for. I know I'm here right now for a purpose. And all of this begins to come alive. And then as I walk with him, he begins to reveal it to me. He makes it clear to me. And I begin to fulfill his purpose. And there's nothing greater than walking with God, fulfilling his purpose. It's time for us to lean in and listen to the voice of God. And, uh, uh, and, and, and this, again, happens as we learn to walk with him on a daily basis. <clears throat> I think many people are frustrated today just simply because they've lost sight of or maybe they've never had the sight of God's purpose in their lives. And I might ask you right now, if you stop to say, if somebody was to ask you uh, right now, what is your purpose in life? You should be able to say it. Is this on? You should be able to say it. My purpose is this. Because again, if I'm not able to say that, then what am I lacking? I'm lacking maybe one of the most important things to the human nature, and that's purpose. I have purpose. I'm somebody, right? I'm somebody that matters and counts. And God, who created me, loves me and, and, and wants me to walk with him and to fulfill that purpose in his greatness. But here's what I'm finding is that we are getting swallowed up in this day and this hour uh, with confusion. And that confusion is causing a lot of people to actually literally step back, draw back. And I'm talking about both believers and non-believers. There's causing people just to draw back and just almost be hopeless. You know, it just seems like everything is so confusing and so bad. And so we're unknowingly throwing in the towel on life. Because how many know it's no fun to work on something that's purposeless? It's just you, get, you lose heart. You lose hope. And, and, and yet that's happening. And confusion is flooding the earth right now like I've never seen before in my lifetime. It really is just kind of crazy, you know. And uh, I, I'm reminded of the saying, uh, if you can't convince them, then confuse them. And I think that we've kicked into this confusion level. And God's wanting to come and bring hope to us. Psalm 71.1 says this, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to what? 
confusion. Don't let me be put into this place of a whirlwind where I sit back and just wonder what's going on. 1 Corinthians 14.33, for God's not the author of confusion, but he is the author of, author of peace, as in all churches of the saints. He's author of peace, not confusion. So confusion is not coming from God. So as we look this morning, let's just grab a few scriptures here. Just take the next few minutes and look at a few scriptures. And I I trust the Holy Spirit will open up some thoughts to you that will bring some life to you and some hope to you this morning and cause us to make sure that we are walking with God and we're in fulfillment of our life purpose with him. And so, Father, today I pray right now in Jesus' name as we look further into your word, open up the eyes of our heart. Let our hearts be awakened this morning. Let confusion, like fog rises in the afternoon, let confusion be blown away from our minds and hearts right now so that we can walk in hope. We can walk in the goodness of God. We can walk in the fullness of God today. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 4, we're in Ephesians. We were going through, we've been going through Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 sets the tone for both chapters 4 and 5 when Paul says this. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you or I beg you to do what? To walk worthy of the calling which you were called. So he makes it very clear that we're to walk, and number two, that that we have this call. Ephesians chapter 4 goes on to say in verse 17, thus I say, therefore, and testify to the Lord that you should no longer, what, walk as the rest of the Gentiles or the unsaved world or mindset, but walk that walk in the futility of their minds. So there's, again, the addressing of walking. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2. And this is the chapter we're looking at today. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in light, in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now let me just read our text this morning and then make a couple comments. And then I want to wrap up with a prayer this morning concerning our walk with God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. It's uh, maybe on your notes, but it'll be up on the screen here uh, for you. Verse 15, uh, are you ready? All right, let's read this, let's look at this together. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God." Submitting to one another in the fear of God. As Paul sets the tone 
for, uh, for these two chapters, the word walk here, he says, walk worthy of your calling. It talks about and literally means in the Greek mindset, this is what they understood it to be. And even the early Jews understood it to be to uh, uh, how one conducts their entire lives. So it's how do I walk with God? How am I conducting my entire life with God? Not just on Sunday mornings, right? It's not a Sunday morning thing, but how do I take this whole life and involve God in it with me uh, also? We also, we already read, and there's a couple of scriptures there, I believe, for your notes there. Uh, Enoch walked with God. We, we read that. And then also we see um, that Abraham also was called to walk with God. And, and many others were called to walk with God or how they should conduct their lives. And, and then we are going to look at just some scriptures as how do we do that? Let's, uh, let's, let's go through this text slowly and just take a peek at how do we do that. Verse 15 on your notes. See then that you, work, you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So I'm to take this daily walk that I have and, and not to just take it for granted or to think that it's not important, but I'm to walk as one that is wise. And as I thought about that, I thought, you know, there's really only one way to get wisdom, and that's from God. How many would agree with that one? You know, it says your wisdom sometimes going to let you down. And it does. You know, there's a way that always seems right to us, but the end is destruction. And so he gives us this, he gives us this challenge, get wise. And I, I just would say this here, get into the word because it's going to bring light and wisdom to you that will open up the understanding and help you walk this life. In verse 16, he says, I want you to redeem the time because the days are evil. I found that interesting that he put that together uh, with buying back or redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. And I believe today is, uh, is really displaying the evil of our times. How many would say that it's at least being exposed like never before? You know, we, we knew stuff was happening, but how many know it's really being exposed on all fronts now? And so I think this is all the more important that we consider what he's saying here about redeeming the time. Redeeming simply means to buy something back. And in this particular case, it means to buy something back quickly while it's available. Buy it back quickly. Let's not wait. Let's not think further about it. Let's not hear the Lord speak to us and, and then just sit back and think about it, and then think about it long enough to forget about it. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's saying. Don't do that. Buy back this time. Strike while the iron's hot. Let's jump into it. He's, he's putting an urgency behind it. But then in the, in the issue of time, he's not talking about the type of time that we would often put it to. There's two words for time in the Bible. One of them is chronos time, and it would be like a clock time. It would be day by day, a calendar, a clock time. And this is not the word that he's using there. He's not saying you're going to buy back the daily time, but he's saying the word chronos, which means it's a unique moment in time where I need to to act. There's an open opportunity for me to act as a fork in the road. I need to take it. I need to do something. I need to allow him to move me to a place where I begin to do something. Redeem the time because the days are evil. And I would agree with that. And I, I think maybe uh, without getting uh, too far into this, uh, 
uh, how, many have, how many realize that sometimes you can sit back and think too long on something and either miss an opportunity or f- go into sin? So two things that happens, we miss opportunities or we go into sin. Because the enemy gets us over here confused and thinking. And, and he's saying, no, don't do that. It's time now because the days are so evil. People need to step up to it. They need to make decisions. We need to move forward. We need to buy back the time. We need to strike the iron while it's hot. It's no time to wait around any longer. Uh, to, it's time for us to jump in with God and follow Christ and learn how to walk with him. We can no longer put it off. We can no longer wait to do this to another day. And oftentimes we think, it's just easy to think that, isn't it? Well, just another day. I'm going to just do it on another day. And, and uh, how many have ever missed a sale because they waited too long? You know, it's just something, you know, on Craigslist. or So you waited too long and it was gone. And this is what he's saying. Don't wait too long because you never know what tomorrow holds. And he's saying it's an evil day, so it's time for us to step up to this plate and begin to make a decision to say yes and amen. If God's speaking to you about something, would you just do it? Yeah. This is what he's saying. If you just, just do it, if God's speaking to you about something, it's time to do it, not to wait any longer. I wrote this down. Now is the time. If you're in a funk or confusion or just don't know what to do, let me tell you, it's a Kairos moment. It's time to respond. It's time to call and purpose. It's time to fulfill the call and purpose of your life. It is like we just sit back and wait for something to happen, not realizing that we are the something that should be happening. I think that's his big word today is, man, I'm calling you up and you, you, you need to make a decision and you need to get out of the funk and you need to get out of the confusion. You need to, to, to blow things away out of your life so that you can get back on track with walking with God and knowing God in that personal way and understanding what he's having you to do. You're redeeming the time. You're not wasting time. You're, you're stepping forward. You're not letting confusion. You're not letting all this fear and all the things that are around you right now you're not letting that stop you from doing what God wants you to do you know many people are right there they're just like well I'm afraid or maybe it's just hopeless you know I've thought that a few times I thought man it's so bad out there can we even make a difference can I just tell you we are the difference your life can be the difference and, 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 and really it's, a, it's an exciting thing it's not I mean sometimes it's a challenge and it's hard but it's an exciting thing. And then he goes on, uh, and I think I'll just close with this here. In verse 17, he says, Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Don't be foolish. In other words, don't be without reflection. The word foolish, don't be without reflection or intelligence. Don't be without Reflection or intelligence, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
If I could get the worship team to come back up for just a moment. I want to, again, wrap up this morning with a, with a stirring challenge that if you find yourself in that type of a light funk or maybe you're looking around and you're seeing confusion and maybe you're finding that it is making you step back and, well, maybe I should just wait. Maybe I shouldn't step forward. Maybe I shouldn't do the call of God in my life. Maybe I, you know, maybe I just, it just it seems so, so hard right now. It seems so busy right now. It seems so confusing right now. God wants to blow that fog away. Because he's not the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. He's the author of call. He's the author of the, uh, the, the author of life. And he has for us what we must have, but we only get as we learn to walk with him. How's my walk with the Father? How am I really doing with that? Uh, do I talk more about the events that are happening around me? Do I talk more about that? Or am I talking about the hope we have in Christ? This is a, a really a, a thought because I'm, I'm having to really guard my heart too. You just talk about every news, everything that's going on. Uh, that it seems to fill the conversations. When you get in a small group, what's everybody talking about? Oh, uh, all the stuff that's happening, all the conspiracies, and that's all we're talking about. And it's like, wow, is that what we should be filled with when we have the God of hope? <laughs> all hope stirring inside of us and filling us up every day as we walk with him. And again, hear my heart in this. I just... I just think that, and, and, and maybe I, it's just me and, and it's God just speaking to me this morning. But he's saying, I need to quit talking so much about all this stuff that's going on and start talking about the hope that we have in Christ and not let that totally consume me because the enemy is probably going to just use some of that to create division even in the body of Christ because we're off on some conspiracy theory. We're off on some crazy thing. And we're forgetting that he's the God of hope. <laughs> Why am I only talking about all this other stuff when he's the God of hope? And if I'm walking with him, I'm going to be hearing the God of hope. Giving me his thoughts and his heart and his answers for what's going on in life. If, 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 if. Jesus is the answer. He's the head. We're the body. Then we should be coming with that message. Right? It's just Madeline listening to Joel Osteen again during the service. <laughs> She's my best friend. I can tease her like that. In case you're new and you're wondering what's the matter with that guy. Yeah, hear what I'm saying though, church? I just feel, and maybe it's just to me, saying, hey, you need to change your conversation. That's all you're talking about. I'm thinking, I don't want to be that type of a person. I want to let the God of hope speak to me on my daily walk so that I have words of life that I can give to you and others. And I can hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because how many know you, you fill your thoughts with so many other things 
that it makes it hard to hear from God. That's just all there is to it. If I listen to every podcast and every news media and everything all day long to stay up on it, and I'm not against staying up on things, but I hope you hear what I'm saying. If I'm filling my mind with that, guess what directs my heart? You know what, you know what, you know what affects your heart? And out of the abundance of your heart comes the issues of life. The things that affect your heart is your thoughts. So whatever you fill this with is going to drizzle into your heart, and you're going to lose heart if it's all the wrong information and not the right information. And it's no time for the church to lose heart. It is time for the church, I think, to have the greatest hope of any generation because we're a part of maybe one of the greatest revivals that's ever happening ever happening and if it's not the last revival let me just tell you it's one of the greatest ones that's happened up to our day and if you've ever read anything about revivals they're totally amazing and most people didn't know they were in the revivals it's just they write about them later I think we're in one and we just need to have the God of hope bring hope to us give us his word let us become a part of that revival and not a part of the false revival Let's pray. Close your eyes for just a second. I just want the Holy Spirit to target your heart. And and I do know this. Sometimes, unfortunately, he starts drilling into me before he drills into you. (laughs) And he's been drilling into me. And I'm coming today to just encourage you to let the God of hope get in. Let's allow him to get in and begin to change some things about us that's going to change the things about us. So right now, with your your eyes closed for just a moment, um, even earlier when Jonathan was asking about, you know, do you need a miracle? I'm opening up an opportunity here for you. What kind of a miracle do you need? Do you need an emotional healing miracle? Do you need a physical healing? Do you need uh, uh, just a personal healing where your life does have confusion and it's kind of crazy? Do you have an addiction that, you know, you, you feel that you're managing, but it's still there? God wants to totally let you be delivered. Totally. And so I'm going to pray and and just come into agreement, but I want you to get into your thought. Maybe what is it that I would ask God if I was walking with him, knowing he knew everything about me, he knew everything about me and would want to open up my eyes of the road that's ahead so I could go down the right path and not go down the path that I will lead myself in, that path of destruction. And again, it's, the Holy Spirit here this morning just wanting to reach into your heart and tell you that he loves you with an everlasting love like a father that you've never known, never experienced. He wants to walk with you and let you experience a father heart of God. And so today, God, I stand in agreement with every person in this room that's even connecting right now in their heart and soul with you. 
Whatever that issue, whatever the question, whatever the confusion, whatever the fog is, God, we're presenting it to you in the privacy of our own heart. And we're asking you to come, Lord, and touch us in that area. Resolve some issues for us. Bring some healing. Release some addictions. Even today, God, even today, you can do this. And I can thank you, God, today for your awesomeness and your greatness, God. I can thank you today, God, that, Lord, you care. Every person that's here, not one's here by accident because you care. It's unbelievable that God directed you here today because he cares and he loves you. Can I just share this with us just briefly? I've just been prompted even earlier today for whatever reason, not totally understanding, but um, I got saved when I was 21. Many of you may know that. and I was uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol for all those years, from 12 years old, even 10 years old and up. And I was on drugs and alcohol every single day. The... The, the year that I got saved and I had like five drunk driving tickets I, that year I couldn't get off of it myself and I remember when God began to speak to me about it and began to listen to him and I wasn't even saved yet when he was speaking to me but uh, he stepped in <laughs> I made the request I says God if this if you're real and you can step in. I got a problem I can't deal with. And you know, when I went to the altar and gave my heart to Christ, I stepped up from that altar without a, any craving, any desire. Uh, the desire wasn't even there. And no cold turkey, no withdrawals. He totally delivered me from alcoholism and drug addiction in an instant. And I just want to say that to you because Satan would love to tell you that things are not possible to get away from. But with God, everything's possible to those who what? Believe. And he loves you so much as a father, he'd like to pull you in and let you know that and give you complete freedom and deliverance from the things that are really probably destroying your life. And, and uh, so I just put that out. Maybe you're wrestling with something, some sort of an addiction, no matter what it is. It could be porn. It could be whatever. That, 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 uh, it could be uh, prescribed pills, whatever it is, to just tell you the hope that you have in Christ and what he can do. So, Father, I thank you again today for every person here. I know it's not an accident, so I believe you're going to speak to hearts and souls. Take the seeds of your word, push them into each one of our hearts so that we can walk away and not just uh, let it go to the wayside, but let it be as a seed that is germinated inside of us today and will grow up into a mighty oak and change and transform who we are. And I thank you for that. Bless every person here. I, I pray for the removal of any 
anything that would rob their joy. You said your joy would be our strength. We receive it today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Will you stand up?